0: Because without respect, there is no collaboration. And collaboration is another key word, certainly across the supply chain. Specifically, you know, to have a fully integrated, you know, collaborative supply chain across an organization requires respect of all parties who have a stake in those transactions. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of the book, The Power of Respect in Business. Charlie is one of America's foremost authorities on respect and leadership development. And now, here's Charlie. Hello, I'm Charlie Likewise, and welcome to another episode of the Power of Respect podcast. Today, we are talking about the power of respect in supply chain leadership. My guest today is Sarah Wilkes, Senior Director of Global Sales Development for E2Open. E2Open is a leader in transformative supply chain solutions. In her career to date, Sarah has held a number of leadership positions in business development for companies involved in supply chain solutions, global consulting and analytical solutions. She also has volunteered for the past five years with an organization called Samaritan's Purse, which helps the world's poor and sick. Please welcome Sarah. Good to be with you, Sarah.
0: Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: So when we think of the power of respect, um, you know, you have a perspective from both a senior leadership role as well as a woman. And I think that's going to be pretty valuable to our audience. So you've been in business for some time now and a number of leadership roles of differing companies. Perhaps you could describe how you got started in your career and, and sort of how it's progressed to this point.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so. The most recent time in my career has been spent in supply chain, which in full transparency, I was lucky enough to stumble upon about five years ago when I had an opportunity to work for one of the leaders in end-to-end supply chain transformation, uh, supporting that effort through software. So um, prior to joining the corporate world in supply chain, I had an opportunity to work in media. And um, I was fortunate enough to have a fantastic leader in that role who really coached and shaped me as a leader myself. So, um, while I've had the opportunity to leverage some of the same skill sets in both roles, they were very different industries. Um, My time in media, I had a fantastic team and, and spanned both sales and marketing, as I do now in supply chain. Uh, But I feel fortunate to have landed in supply chain. As we all know, it's a critical and growing industry today. So I've been in this business about five years and just recently joined E2 Open to help lead their global sales development team.
1: That's great. Perhaps uh, in those varied roles you just described, you could give us a flavor for some of the biggest challenges you faced and maybe how you tackled them. Uh, even in some cases where it went well and some cases where we learned from it not going well.
0: Absolutely. So I would say um, one of the hallmarks of my career has been change and managing teams through change. I have seen no shortage of change in both roles where um, or in both industries, I should say. Um, I at. And when I was in media, I had, I I think, seven different CEOs over five years. We went through a Department of Justice review. Um, We filed for Chapter 11. We came out of Chapter 11, mergers, acquisitions. Um, I have been in roles in both um, international publicly traded companies and then very small startups. So I have seen all different aspects of business, and yet the one consistent has been change. Um, Funny, people don't like when you change their job or their job environment necessarily. So I think managing through change has been one of the challenges I have faced and keeping teams really motivated during that time. Um, I think one of the things that all people really um, need to feel productive and valued in their jobs is a sense of safety. And certainly change can kind of throw that sense off for people. So I would say a fundamental for me in in leading and managing people through change has been trust and transparency. Um, I think when you can come to the table and be transparent, with what's going on in an organization and really lay out a vision and and share, this is how I think we're going to get to it and share when you don't really know how you're going to get there. Um, I think it's fundamental to keeping teams engaged um, through significant change. And as you said, there have been times I've done it well. There have been times uh, when there are rocks in the way. but largely, I, I think I've had great success keeping teams engaged because I have focused on their safety through transparency and trust.
1: That's, oh, that's a great example for our audience. Do you see the role of respect in building trust? Is that one of the key elements for you to, to build trust?
0: Absolutely. Yes, un, unquestionably. I think people need to understand um, that all perspectives are respected within a team. And I think transparency and trust help build that respect and help allow people to show up authentically, knowing that their voice is respected, their perspective is respected, um, their experience is respected. We all come to the table with vastly different experiences. And I think when we can show that regardless of tenure or title, that every single person is respected by virtue of the fact that they are on a team and, and aligned to a pretty clear vision, um, when we can communicate that, that level of respect, I think it helps build trust across all organizations.
1: Sure perhaps you could describe maybe some of your own personal experience with respect when you felt respected and how that how that affected your performance and maybe with again without names when you didn't feel respected and and what that how that made you feel in your in your role
0: absolutely so during my career with what was Muzak and then Mood Media, uh, I, as I mentioned early on, I was very fortunate to have a leader who really helped shape me as a leader. And one of the things he did was respect my opinion, respect my perspective, even though I had very little experience in the industry Um, And what that did for me as someone new to the industry and someone new to a leadership role there it really allowed me to um, kind of settle in and and take risks. I think um, when you feel like your position is respected, you're more likely to take risks, fail fast, um, figure out what's right and what's wrong for the company. Nobody shows up having all the answers, but knowing that your opinion is respected um, and that your experience is respected, I think it, it really helped me um, be willing to take those risks, to grow as a leader, to gain the feedback from some of the missteps that I, that I made, certainly, to be able to get that feedback. And, and because I knew that he respected me so much, I wholeheartedly respected the feedback that he gave me. I never questioned his intent or um, questioned its source. I knew that he always was coming from a place of respect, um, both receiving that and, and giving that in all instances.
1: Yeah, no, that's terrific. It, it's interesting how you know, you bring up the idea of how this rela- allowed you to take risks or learn how to take risks, and then also allow your people you worked with to be able to have them take risks as well. I mean, business is about risks relative terms uh, at any point in time. So, you know, that kind of ability to communicate, um, accept the, the results and learn from them, to me, sounds like a high-powered organization. Absolutely. And uh, so I think that's that's a key point there. Um, cases where maybe you didn't feel respected and, and how that made you feel.
0: Yeah, I think um, even though it's difficult sometimes to talk about these things. I do believe it's important, especially in the environment that we're in where DEI is um, driving a lot of company initiatives. Um, I did have, you know, I've, I have had some experience where I have worked in organizations where um, there is a majority um, that holds, there is a There is a minority that holds the majority of decision-making power and the ability to influence the trajectory of where the business goes. So not sitting in that minority and knowing that I was held accountable, however, for where the business was able to go, um, felt like a challenge. It felt like a struggle. And in the midst of all of it, there was certainly an initiative at that company, as there have been many, to try and build an environment that was diverse and inclusive. Um, I think it is critical within that context to know that But tokenism around diversity and and inclusion initiatives can probably do more damage than just not (laughs) trying in the first place. So, you know, I personally struggled with um, feeling like there wasn't necessarily a path for me to not have a seat at the table, but truly have my voice heard while sitting at the table and being able to contribute in a way that was respected um, across the organization. And, you know, Charlie, what it does to an individual and to an individual leader is one thing, but the ripple effect that that has through organizations, I think, is something that all of us need to be very aware of as we navigate these times moving forward Um, People are watching people, your employees are watching and they want to know that 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 you are committed to what you say you're committed to doing Um, and and respect people's, I think, desire to be included in that conversation and be aware of the outcomes is important.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's true. And, you know, for me, one of the core value of diversity and inclusion is the idea that is done through respect, as opposed to quotients. or yes. tokenism, as you say. And uh, I think that's part of what's potentially missing when we go down that path. So I think it's important for people to understand that the the power of respecting somebody and the ability to respect somebody will draw the benefit and value out of diversity, out of diversity and inclusion, uh, more so than any, any, uh, you know, statistic, if you will. Well said. Uh, so and, and then so in terms of the DNI you know, and, and respect in the challenge of women and overcoming systemic gender bias and inequality, it sounds like it's the same it's the same element. It, it start, has to start with respect. And, and we have to change people's attitudes relative to how do you respect somebody on your team uh, in a way that, that brings out the best in them, uh, and therefore the best in the organization.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the key things you touched on was biases. And, um, Unfortunately, I do think sometimes the, the DNI initiative can kind of paralyze people from actually showing up and expressing their opinions or their concerns or their, their lack of understanding in terms of, you know, what are these initiatives trying to achieve? But more than that, I think it doesn't allow people a chance to honestly look at their own biases. And I think if we could come to the, the notion, of DNI from that standpoint of respect, knowing that look, we all know we are truly in this together and and being able to call out your own individual biases, if you will, because you're in an environment of respect where you you won't be chastised nor penalized on any level for having biases that we all have. I think being able to speak about those openly in an environment of respect, and trust and transparency, I think it could really benefit all of us um, because we don't come fully baked. We don't come with all the answers. You know, we come to a leadership round table truly seeking guidance and influence from the people who have gone before us and and hopefully laying the groundwork for the people who will come after us. And and to know that your perspective is respected today, even if it changes in the future.
1: Oh, that's true. You touched on such an important point. Um, we as human beings come with biases and judgmental elements that are, that are learned behaviors for the most part, as opposed to inherited, but nonetheless learned and, and those setting those aside is difficult, but that's the, one of the best ways to begin to open yourself to truly respectful relationship in terms of how, how you listen to somebody, you listen longer, as we like to say, um, to make sure you understand where they're going. Uh, one of the things we like to say along with listen longer is if you're right now, you'll be right later. So you should be able to listen longer. Um, <laughs> but uh, at any rate, uh, I think those are challenges. And then when I think of supply chain, not only from the standpoint of all the dots it connects in an organization, but the dots it connects geographically, typically for most organizations. Um, so it cuts across cultures, it cuts across all these elements of human uh, nature and bias and, and normal judgments. H- how do you approach that relative to respect in terms of, of people trying to get people to respect each other and yourself?
0: That's a great question, Charlie, putting it in the context of supply chain. I don't know that I've ever um, thought about that. I think, you know, one of the benefits of working for an organization like E2 Open, you know, that provides a platform um, that allows different stakeholders across the supply chain to, you know, for lack of better words, have a voice, you know, they're kind of um, what their stake in the supply chain is, it it matters, and it it is weighted according to business outcomes and business goals. Um, I think it's kind of a great analogy for in the absence of technology and software, if we all came together as humans, you know, truly allowing people's stake in in the supply chain or any other business transaction or business objective, whatever your stake is to to matter and to be heard. Um, I think is is critical and it's critical to the supply chain. It's critical across all elements of business. I think that we show up and and work from that place of respect, because without respect, there is no collaboration. And collaboration is another key word, certainly across the supply chain, specifically, you know, to have a fully integrated, you know, collaborative supply chain across an organization requires respect of all parties who have a stake in those transactions and I think it it works in almost all elements of business across various business units.
1: Yeah no it's, it's interesting because when I think of the biases sort of slow down that collaboration or communication process by definition and in some cases in worst case it creates silos uh, of bias that actually are True barriers to businesses making, making uh, having success in what they're trying to do.
0: Absolutely, and I I think bias is rooted in assumption, right?
1: right? You know,
0: we we think that we come to any situation with a preconceived notion of the outcome. And I think respect allows us to let go of those assumptions, let go of those preconceived notions, which really opens up possibility for the outcome. If we all come with preconceived notions, there's very little room for innovation and very little room for a bigger, better outcome than what our biases had constrained us to think was possible.
1: Right. Even if that element or moment of respect can, uh, in a very small way, uh, delay the biases from taking over, even in, in a nanosecond, it may absolutely improve, it <laughs> may improve things tremendously. Yeah. All right. Great. So um, let's stick with the idea of of the the trust and and the respect and how it relates to relationships, which I I think is one of the keys to leadership is relationships. Uh, Do you feel that conventions for building relationships and alliances in business are different for women than they are for men?
0: I think I would be naive to say that they are not different. Um, I think at the same time, however, I have to acknowledge, you know, my own personal background and my own personal growth in business. Uh, I think I've, I've shared with you before, certainly. I was raised with three brothers. I was raised by a very strong father who um, left me with some some great sound bites um, and always taught me to believe that I truly um, was equal to the boys in the room being my brothers or to the men in the room, um, at business. And he used to always say to me, uh, if they say you're too big for the room, you need to go find a bigger room. (laughs) And I think, I think for many women in business, yes, the conventions of building relationships are, are probably different for me. I, I personally show up to that relationship building exercise with no gender biases in mind. And and what I find most interesting there, Charlie, is not necessarily what I think of my conventions or my attempts at building relationships across organizations. I think it happens for several women that we don't participate In the traditional conventions for building relationships, not because we necessarily feel uncomfortable or we feel that it it isn't going to work, there is a looming sense of do others think I should not be doing this, because I'm a woman. And I think when we can truly let go of that as women in business and and as women leaders in business, truly letting go of that insecurity, that fear, that, that looming question of, am I going to misstep? And if I do, will it be perceived that I misstepped because I'm a woman? It's a lot of pressure to carry when you feel like you're representing your entire gender in in business negotiations. And I, I truly don't think men feel that way. I don't think men show up at business thinking the next thing I do or the next decision I make is a reflection on my gender and my gender's ability to be successful in this environment. And women still do. It's gotten better. We have a ways to go, but I know there is that pressure. I know that as a as a woman leader, that there is that pressure to do right by your entire gender in a business situation.
1: In fact, in fact, men may not may subconsciously think this without thinking gender, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to act. I'm supposed to be direct. I'm supposed to be assertive. And, and I've heard from, uh, we had another guest on here that talked about this as well, very very eloquently, talked about the idea of when a woman is assertive, does she then get labeled aggressive? And how does that reflect? And I, I think your point is so well taken. If you're doing that out of transparency and genuineness, it, you have to take it or leave it. You go, you do it, and if, if the room's not big enough, find a bigger room, I guess. <laughs> That's a great statement I, I have to go back to. but. Uh, and, and, and not to be afraid to do that. It's, yeah. it's not an anger thing. It's not it's not meeting the bias with anger or frustration or, or demand. It's meeting it with genuine leadership and keep searching if you need something different or if there's something better to be found. You, you've mentioned somebody you've met in your role that was a very good leader for you and set you up going forward to some extent. Uh, everybody needs to look for that as well, as importantly in a job, as they do for the title or pay or whatever else may be involved. Absolutely. So that's good. Um, so in terms of you know, leadership communication is a key thing. And again, complicated communications strike me as the as the norm in supply chain. So, what would you say your most effective communication style has been?
0: Direct and timely, I think. Um, If I try and connect all the dots in in our conversation here today, Charlie, you know, I think biases uh, and assumptions have a tendency to proliferate at a very rapid pace if too much time goes by. Um, So I think timely communication, direct communication, um, and above all else, respectful communication. I think there is always a way to deliver even the most controversial messages or even the most potentially volatile messages. If we do them from a place of respect, and I will interchange the word empathy there, a little bit. I think if we can have empathy for the audience with whom we're communicating, it shows a level of respect and helps shape our communication. Um, I It's fascinating. You and I both have been in business for quite a long time now and have seen different modes of communication um, come out. I, I am always um, entertained at some level when a younger employee on one of my teams texts with me, potentially about some, you know, serious business issues or about some decisions that need to be made. And I have had to learn as a leader, you know, now spanning, we'll call it three decades, um, that there are different ways, there's different modes of communication, certainly, Um, regardless of mode, I think being timely, direct, and respectful um, will always be the best route to take.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting. it reminds me of, and I guess I'm going to show my age at this point, it reminds me of when uh, when uh, email first came out. Right. It was widely used, and people would send something off an email, and it's like, I sent it off, and we have a saying in soccer, pass the ball, not the responsibility. <laughs> and, and so, you know, just throwing it out there to people to go figure it out is not the same as actually, you know, handling the responsibility of the message, as you say, or or, the, or description of the problem or whatever else it is you're doing to help people with. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, what, what would you say are some of your most important takeaways about respect and leadership uh, in, in, in your in your career and you've, you've said some of them, of course, already, but if you could summarize a few of them, that would be great.
0: Sure. I think in my career and in my life, so both professionally and personally, there is no amount of respect that I can show to another that will resonate on any level if it doesn't come from a place of self-respect. So I think when we speak about respect and how do we treat others in business and in our lives with respect, it has to come from how we treat ourselves and how we acknowledge ourselves and how we honor ourselves in in business. Um, I think one of the greatest demonstrations, illustrations of respect in business is communicating expectations and supporting people on my team with the right tools, um, skills, both tools and soft skills and hard skills to be able to to meet those expectations and truly having boundaries um, and being willing to uphold my own boundaries and empower others to do the same um, so I think it comes, I think a very respectful leader will undeniably have a strong sense of self-respect that empowers and enables others to show up at the table in a very authentic, genuine, respectful way.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's, that's a hundred percent. Um, we had a guest on who was a high level performing professional athlete in his career. And I asked him about, uh, how the you know the star of the team, if you will, views others who are on the team, nonetheless, maybe not as talented, and what happens when they make a mistake? And he, because he was talking about the respect he shows by showing up every day and working as hard as anybody else. But I asked him how he views others who make mistakes, and he said, "You have to respect their effort in mm-hmm. that process uh, as well." And 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 then if you can depart or come, uh, depart some wisdom onto them, then fine, and help them be better, but. It's an interesting concept, and I think it's like right along the lines of what you were just talking about. How do you respect the effort of others as well, even if they're not uh, in, in the same place you are in terms of the process? Absolutely. So what would you say you're most proud of as a leader, Sarah?
0: I would say I am most proud of the relationships that I have created with individuals that I have been fortunate enough to recruit and hire and mentor and grow in their roles. And sometimes even those that didn't necessarily have a direct reporting line to me. um, I still have, and it's both men and women, Um, but I I think I'm very proud of my ability to truly encourage and empower women in business. Um, Even 25 years ago, knowing how important it was for young women to feel valued and valuable in an organization. And I'm still very close with several of them. Several of them have moved far up the ladder and and will still reach out to me um, to connect and bounce ideas off of me. And, And business often gets measured in very tangible KPIs and outcomes. So Um, there's no doubt I've been fortunate to be a part of some very successful businesses when you're looking at growth um, and and some of the key indicators and how we measure a business's success. But for me, I think the true success is in people and creating connections and giving people a true sense of Um, self-esteem, self-worth, self-respect, knowing that what they did, what they contributed mattered and that they can continue to grow in their career. So I am a people manager, certainly. If it's people and process managers, I lean towards the people side of the business because without people who are truly connected to a vision, both personally and professionally, doesn't matter how many processes you have in place. Um, it's the people who are going to execute and and drive the real value, in my opinion.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And, and it's, it's that connection that's built through the relationship, which allows you to focus equally on results and relationships. And because a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm a people person. Some people may say, well, that means you're only worried about their well-being but the reality is it's the, the connection of that relationship allows you to direct them on the results side just as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I wanna thank Sarah Wilkes for being with us today. And I especially wanna thank you for listening to this episode of The Power of Respect. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the podcast and visit our website at expertsinhow.com. A quick reminder, if you like to read my book, The Power of Respect in Business, it's available on Amazon. Thanks again for listening and remember, respect builds trust, trust builds relationships, and relationships are the key to leadership. Thank you. This has been the Power of Respect podcast with Charlie Likewise, author of the book The Power of Respect in Business. To listen to more episodes and to learn about Charlie's leadership development programs, visit his website, expertsinhow.com.